of the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse! episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse, the podcast where we watch and discuss animated shows and movies that are based on comic books. Now, no fans, your ears aren't playing tricks on you, and I'm not some alternate version of Matt with less gravel, but more positivity in my voice. Uh, This is Jamie Jamitkowski. I'm Matt's permanent guest host and the 2021 guest of the year. I'm filling in for Matt this week while he is on an extended hiatus or more accurately a trip to Disney with his family. But uh, never fear, true believers, Uh, we still have a great show planned for this week with an amazing animated movie to discuss, and not one, but two guys uh, who are not only veterans of this podcast world, they're huge fans of comic books and animated shows, and they're two of my very good friends. That's why they're here. They're basically doing me a favor, and I paid them. Uh, Please welcome from the New Age Insiders and the NAI Pod Network, Eddie McCabe and Chris McHugh. Hey, fellas. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. This is Wasn't that a hell of an intro? Yeah, that, I'm that also was, really confused why Mark isn't actually doing this show from uh, the Rock and Roller Coaster. Oh, that would be a good idea. Like have Matt live on, you know, in theory, you know, where he could have done it from. He could have done it from the line of Peter Pan's Magic Ride. Sure. Well, we that's went, we, 15 hours. Eddie and I went to Disney uh, about a month ago and uh, or two months ago now. Gulp. Time is fun. Um, and we were in line for the rock and roller coaster, and there was a kid behind us, and he was like getting pretty. We were like right at the point of like getting on the ride, and he was like pretty nervous. And the dad was behind him. He goes, Don't worry about it, bud. It's not that fast. You're going a straight line. There's really no loops. And it was just like, you know, what a what a bad dad. You know what I mean? And then we went on the ride and um I, I'm sure you know how like you you have like an origin story of like I don't think I trust my father and like when you're the therapist's office at 35 we sure. saw that we saw that moment unfold for that eight year old boy but hell of a ride <laughs> yeah the therapist at 35 that's uh that yeah okay you go get yeah. there you go get therapy at 35 and you're like I don't know where are my trust issues with my father and it's like it all started on the rock and roller coaster <laughs> and, and we were there do you know, do you know I've never been on the rock and roller coaster. Well, Why? let's plan a trip and go. I'm scared. Um, here's oh, the Steven thing. Tyler or <laughs> <laughs> they don't worry, Jamie. They removed the gross hand gesture. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because of well, course that's... he yeah, that's what Jamie was afraid of. He was afraid of seeing Steven Tyler be obscene, not going yeah. upside down in in Hollywood studios. No, it, it's it's a hidden little secret. I, I hate roller coasters, I'm terrified. Uh here's the thing: one of my proudest moments ever was during Disney Mania. When we went to Universal Studios, uh, the third man of the NAI tripod is uh, Bill Neville of uh, a couple of park hoppers. So you should go check that show out. But he also hated roller coasters. He hated roller coasters so much. And I shamed him into going because we went when he was with his brand new girlfriend. It was mm-hmm. like the first time they ever went on vacation together was like th- the good thing is, is it worked out because they're living <laughs> together in Orlando. But but basically I got Danny hyped on going on the incredible Hulk at universal, knowing full well that bill didn't want to do that at all. And I basically shamed him into it because I got his new girlfriend hyped and he didn't want to chicken out in front of the new girlfriend. Uh, And then I, and then I tricked him into sitting in the front row. See my, my best roller coaster story recently was it was actually a couple of years back when I was out here visiting California and friends brought us to Disney and at uh, California Adventure, they have the Incredicoaster here. Oh, uh, yes. So I got suckered into going on it. And, and again, I was sitting up front and we went on it and it was hor- horrific and terrifying and all that. Well, last year, probably about a year ago now, we went back with the same friends. And they're like, hey, Jamie, do you want to go on it again? And I'm like, F no, I'm not going on it again. And I swear, I look over and there's a loop on it. There's there's uh, there's a loop-de-loop on it. Yep. I didn't remember that from the first time I went on it. That's pretty fun. Like I must have closed my eyes and been so terrified. I blocked it out that there was even yeah, a, a, a loop. loop on it. Yeah. You should go to you should go to Universal and go on the Rip Rock and Roller Coaster. It's a like 
vertical straight line up like it's the scariest part of that roller coaster is the fact that when you're going up you feel like you're gonna slip right out of the back of the ride it sounds so do so just do that and then nothing will seem scary ever again all right well well, hey you know what speaking of roller coasters whoa you know what we went on a heck of a roller coaster ride with what we watched this week didn't we guys very holy segue jamie (laughs) oh that was very good uh, and it was actually when we were going back and forth on what we wanted to watch, it was Ed's suggestion that we watch an animated movie called Batman Return of the Caped Crusaders. Uh, very good recommendation, Ed. I got to say, I'm not trying to give a preview. Very good recommendation of a movie for the show this week. Good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad yeah. it was everything that I hoped it would be. Now, real quick, just to bring everybody up to date, I want to do this Matt Spectro style. Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders. It was a 2016 animated superhero movie produced by Warner Brothers Animation and distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. It was based on the 1960s Batman TV series. And I'm sure we're going to talk about this. It's pretty much like they took an episode of that old show and threw it into a cartoon uh, with with a few little added uh, spices in there. Originally, this was going to be released directly at home. But they actually premiered the film at New York Comic-Con in October of 2016. And then they did a limited uh, simultaneous release in theaters on the 10th with the digital release. So all at the same time. But it was originally viewed at New York Comic-Con in 2016. Have either of you ever gone to a Comic-Con? Like a a big one? No, but I've I've always wanted to. Like, I I know that Boston does one at the seaport. Like, it's, you know, the Mm -hmm. New England, I think it's New England Comic Con. But, like, I know, like, the big one, like, the nerd gotta make a pilgrimage once in your life one is san diego which is mm-hmm. the one i'd like to go to most i i don't i don't know if this is gonna ruffle some feathers i hate new york i don't <laughs> i don't think the t-shirt I, is accurate at i agree all. with you i don't like going there it is crowded and mean and expensive and you can't park anywhere or drive anywhere and the hotel rooms are small and I, one time we went there and like i got a burger and they charged me like three extra dollars for a slice of cheese and it made me furious and i don't like new york so i wouldn't want to go to new york comic-con but san diego comic-con is is like a bucket list kind of thing for me yeah so i've been to a bunch of these type of uh these type of conventions i've been to rhode island boston i've been to pax east which is like a big Mm -hmm. giant video game convention And then we had press credentials for San Diego Comic-Con, but opted to put on a chaotic wrestling show, WrestleMania weekend instead. Do you like how I held back all my sarcasm? Oh, I I held it all in. I held it all in. I'm proud of you. I could have warned you. Yeah. If you you have a choice between uh, promoting wrestling shows or going to Comic-Cons, go to Comic-Con. Yeah, my, we my, learn. My problem is I've been to some of the smaller ones. Like there was one in Honolulu I used to go to. But my problem is when for a Comic Con, I'm not self confident enough to get like into full gear, like to dress up. Even though I'd probably be accepted no matter what you wore there. So basically, I just look like a middle middle aged dad walking around. So it's like I'm almost like an inverse nerd at these things. Like I'm not nerdy enough to steer into it. But then I so it, it I felt awkward. I don't think that I would like dress up as anything. I think that I'd have a good time and like wear a fun t-shirt, but I don't think that I'd be like, okay, I'm going to wear an $1,100 Yoshi costume or something like that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. My, my favorite thing is the, uh, the artists, right? Because a lot of people, a lot of people go for the like, you know, meet and greets with like major comic book and movie celebrities and stuff. And like, that's cool. If that's your thing, I, uh, cele- I've never been like a person that's like attracted to celebrity in that way. Mm-hmm. But what I do like is the actual comic book end of it, where they'll have these artists that are either like independent artists or artists of like active comic books that you might not necessarily know by name. And you can go around and just purchase some of their art. I have, a beautiful picture and I'll take it and I'll I'll take a picture of it and I'll post it but there's a gentleman who did a watercolor painting of the Disneyland castle it's absolutely stunning and he did another one of uh, Wally and Eva holding hands 
awesome. you know, and so like I got some of that. There's uh, this one sticker based art that's Power Ranger themed. And I had a friend one time I went and I, it's something I definitely want to do. I just have to kind of find a photo that would be worth it. But they had a they have a dog and they went to all of these artists and you can commission work from these artists at these comic cons and they'll draw whatever you want in their style. And so like they went around and had all of these comic book artists draw their dog in their style and then like made a coffee table out of all of the drawings. So like there's really cool things to do if you just kind of love the world of like comic books and pop culture and that like geek nerd culture without actually having to build a $4,000 Iron Man costume. My problem would be which $4,000 Iron Man costume do I wear? Oh, you got to just keep having it so it's modular and you can keep swapping out pieces. That's a good point. But anyway, so back to, we got sidetracked, back to Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders. Uh, like I said, it was released in 2016. It was directed by a gentleman by the name of Rick Morales. Uh, Rick Morales, he's basically kind of an animation veteran. Uh, and been, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids fame. He was Dr. Wayne Zielinski. <laughs> yes. He was, jeez, come on, man. I'm the the gatekeeper. You're the key master. (laughs) I directed Batman. (laughs) I don't think you should be mean to them because one time I turned into a dog and they helped me. Thank you. Rick Morales, not Rick Moranis. Ah, yes. Black Spider-Man. Not my, damn it. Damn you. (laughs) Anyways, this fine director, directorial (laughs) gentleman. Uh, he's on everything from Ultimate Spider-Man to some of the Batman video games to Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Young Justice, Ben 10. Okay, know, yeah. Ben 10, Batman the Brave and the Bold, Clone Wars. So he's kind of an industry veteran. He was the director of this masterpiece that we all watched. As we mentioned earlier, the, probably the biggest draw of this is because it was based on the 1960s Batman TV show. They actually got Adam West, Burt Ward, and Julie Newmar to reprise their roles as Batman, Robin, and the Catwoman. So that was kind of fun. That is cool. Cesar Romero's dead, right? Yeah. Uh, these are these were, at the time, uh, the only three cast members from the original Batman who were still living. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know so. when Yvonne Craig Batgirl died, um, but and I actually read that shortly after this was released, they actually did a sequel to this as well. Yes. Uh, with Two-Face that Adam West recorded the uh, voice for that just before he passed away. So yeah, Adam West passed away in June of 2017, but these were both recorded before that. They were going to have his his cousin Kanye step in (laughs) and do the rest of the lines, but uh, a a lot of of bad press all day. I dream about not using Kanye West. Um, Again, very uh, listeners take notes because you're going to get a lot of valuable information (laughs) And all of it accurate this week, right? <laughs> Everything we say, you can take hundred percent true. Yes. Um, so before you Google it, yes, Adam and Kanye West are cousins. That's right. Yeah. That, that that use that next time you're, you know when you're on Jeopardy, that'll be your final Jeopardy answer. Um, a bunch of animation veterans. Uh, Jeff Bergman was the announcer. Serena Irwin was Miranda Monroe. Thomas Lennon, Chief O'Hara, William Sailors was the Penguin. Lynn Marie Stewart was Aunt Harriet, and I want to talk so much about poor aunt harriet in this <laughs> oh i know jim ward and then my favorite name wally wingert was the riddler but all these people pretty much just kind of i went through their little biographies and just all kind of animation veterans when you go into their profiles it's just all this voice that voice the only other voice that jumped out at me did either of you notice who was the voice of alfred pennyworth no no steven weber okay from Who's wings that? from oh. wings from okay. Wings, I, I liked that show. Wings was a gr- underratedly uh, a, a great little show to be uh, sandwiched in on. What was, that was what must watch TV Thursday nights. It must see TV. Must see TV. Thank you. But yeah, he's also done a ton of uh, voice work and all of that, but he stayed active as uh, an actor as well. So uh, that's pretty much the cast. That's the uh, director. We talked about when it was released. I think that checks all the boxes of what we have to do in the first segment. So now what we tell everybody to do is press pause, press pause and go watch it. Yes. Unless you're listening Leave to this, in your this car. podcast, do not right. stop it. Put it down. Forget about it. 
watch this thing and then maybe come back. Or or you could watch it before you listen to a podcast about it like a normal person who doesn't like, you know how like some people are like, do you go socks, like sock, shoe, sock, shoe, or socks, shoe, shoe. And I think anybody that would listen, start listening to a podcast before you watched it would be like, oh, I put my socks on my hands and then give the shoe a good, good, solid smell. And then I roll around until it just all works itself out. Yeah. So what we what we want you to do is pause now. <laughs> yeah. Go, go watch the show. Yep. And then come back and listen. And to then us. just roll around in your shoes until <laughs> yeah. they wind up on your feet. Yep. You'll get there. Yeah. Meanwhile, behind the facade of this innocent-looking podcast, we're not even going to pretend people just did this. We're not just going to go right into the next segment. Are you sure you don't want to do 70 minutes of silence so they can watch the movie? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to just talk for 70 minutes while they watch and we're just background chatter? That would be amazing. How about what if we just make like whale noises so it's soothing while you watch? Like, (laughs) oh, well. Hey, good news is, thanks to you guys, I'm never going to be invited back to guest host again. So, really, really at the end of the day, our squad goals. Our entire our entire purpose in life is just to be chaos. <laughs> this when the great. when the chaos was supposed to begin, it was really us. All right, guys, good. They should be through the opening credits by now. Yeah, it's very fun because it's kind of like the old Batman show, which you know this whole thing's based off of. Well, nice. spoilers, Ed. Well, anyway. they should be no, you past said that. You already said that part. Anyway, anyway, no, normally, if, if you really want me to torture you guys, normally what Matt would do is he would now go through the entire show, scene by scene, line by line, and we would talk about it. We're not going to do that uh, because literally we all have better things to do uh, with our lives tonight. So instead, why don't we just start with, let's let's do this a little bit more logically. Why don't we just start with, what do you like about this movie? I mean, I got to tell you, my first reaction as I was watching it, I I like kept laughing through the entire thing. I loved it. I had a ball watching it. Um, now, I guess I should ask, when did you guys really start watching or when did you ever see the old 60s Batman show? Uh, I used to watch it with my grandparents. Uh, they okay. There used to be, and Lord knows I didn't know television channels back then, but I just remember there used to always be this Batman, the Adam West Batman would have like marathons mm-hmm. and I would, and I would just sit down and watch all of it. And then I also like watched the Batman movie that corresponds to Adam West. I, I loved that movie. Chris. So I, my like really first exposure to Batman was really young as uh, in, through Batman, the animated series, right? The uh, Kevin Conroy, just that I think the quintessential on TV Batman cartoon. And so when I really got engrossed into that, I started just sort of getting as much Batman as I could. So I watched the Tim Burton movies. Um, I was sort of growing up through when the uh, Val Kilmer, George Clooney movies were in theaters. That love went right through college as the Christian Bale movies continued. But the point is, like, when I was younger, I tried to kind of get as much Batman as I could. Comics. um, And and then when you go looking, you find... I haven't seen a ton of the TV show, but I have absolutely seen the movie, The Shark Repellent Spray, where the bad guys are all in the submarine. Um, And so... That is most of my exposure to uh, 1960s Adam West Batman is that movie, though I have seen bits and pieces. But it was really just sort of like one of those things where, like, I wanted to get as much of this character and knowledge as I could. Um, so just sure. somewhere along the way of the Batman experience for me. So for- Batman, for those who don't know, like Batman is my favorite fictional character. I think it is legitimately terrific American fiction and my favorite superhero fictional character by a mile. So, and you mentioned that you used to watch it with your grandparents, uh, which ironically, uh, I'm probably about their age. So I remember watching this. I was not born yet when it was on, but this was actually the show that made me a Batman fan because when I was younger, this was on like a channel 56, like in the afternoons, like pretty regularly. And this would be the one show. And I think sometimes it was even on on a weekend, but this was like the one show that my father and I would always watch together. So this is how I kind of became a Batman fan. And again, well, back in my day, 
when the movie was on, it was like an event because back then you couldn't record it. We didn't have things on VHS yet. So it was like a big event. So this is how I literally became a Batman fan was, was because of this show. So I probably like this cartoon more than the, the average Bat fan. But, but let's get into it. So real quick, I guess we should kind of give a quick overview of what it was. Basically, we, we open up in Gotham City, and we quickly learn that four of the big villains in Gotham, Joker, Riddler, Penguin, and Catwoman, have yet another nefarious plan to steal. What do they want to steal, guys? The reverso ray, right? Oh, the duplicate ray. The, 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 duplicate. the well, duplicate ray. The yeah. duplicate ray, yeah. Where it was invented by these amazing scientists who, whatever you zap with it, you get an exact duplicate replication ray that's what they called it replication ray because really what could go wrong with this in gotham city right oh yeah i hope they don't double the crime (laughs) dun 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 (laughs) we then go on an epic hour plus adventure which admittedly there is a little twist in the middle so that that we weren't expecting yeah, that would probably be one of my biggest takeaways of this. The The first half hour, 40 minutes, it plays out exactly like the television show. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's campy and it's stupid. And they hit literally every cliche that you can remember from that show, which is absolutely delightful. Right. And then uh, that was the thing I appreciated the most is like right when I started to get like, okay, like I don't need an hour of this uh-huh. they switched it up a little bit and uh made it a little darker which i really appreciated the dark turn again we'll talk so let's talk about it in two halves first half is with the replicator ray with the yeah. traditional batman tv show story um what i loved was all the little inside jokes and little asides they threw in there yes when batman gets hit on the noggin and he has c's in triple for a second Right, and it's all three women that played Catwoman in that show. Right, it was Lee Merriweather, Julie Newmar, and Eartha Kitt were the three Catwomen. So we saw a different Catwoman again. A fun little, fun little throwaway. Yeah, um, Chris, as you mentioned, they kept it traditional during the fight scenes. We would get the big placards with the Biff, the Bam, the Thwap. Well, I the guess Thwap. That's... Yeah. Did any of you notice the best little inside joke in any of them? Um, no, but I did notice that when, and I know this is jumping ahead a little bit, but when Batman started to be more aggressive, the wording got more aggressive. Yes. Yep. So what I, what I thought it was like, I agree with the the sentiment of it kind of being like a, a tale of two like vibes for the movie. And I liked both of it. So the way that I would describe it is the first half is what we think of Adam West's Batman. And then the second half is what Adam West thought he was doing the whole time. Yes. Uh, That's awesome. You know know what I mean? Like in the, like the 1960s is so campy. Like, you know, again, the first thing that comes to my mind, if you're like, what do you think of the 1960s movie? The first three words are shark repellent spray, right? It's so (laughs) on the nose. Like, Oh, it's just a terrible day to get rid of a bomb. Like, you know what I mean? It is so absurd that you can't take that seriously. Like you watch, you know the the original Batman movie, and then The Dark Knight, and it's like this. This is these are from different solar systems. You know what I mean? They're not the um, same character, right? And so, like, my point being that, like, what I think Adam West was was trying his best and thinking he was taking this very seriously in a truly ridiculous setting, right? And so, the first half of this movie was sort of like an on the nose representation of how we've viewed it for 50 years of it being silly and so campy and like you know like i can't believe you know there's the red bat phone you know what i mean and just like Mm -hmm. all of all of that right and then like i said i think the tone shifts to like almost what this was in adam west's head which was him taking this very seriously like everybody else would have read the script and rolled their eyes and he read the script and was like let's do this you know what i mean and so that's how I think it kind of breaks down for me. And that that's a great way to look at it. I looked at it as it was like the first part was like getting to relive my childhood. And then like the second half was, no, this is how I view the show now. Like with that slightly more cynical adult brain going now. Um, right. I mean, the, the whole movie opens up with literally the opening scene is Richard Grayson uh, is, is Dick doing ballet. Yes. Right. Yeah. 
practicing <laughs> with 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 Bruce sitting there in in the chair in his ascot reading the paper. It like so like the first scene you're like, wow, this really was creepy when I watched this 30 years ago or 40 oh, years and ago. Then yeah. on, Why do and you then live on, together? And then right. on Harriet definitely just says the thing that we were all thinking. Yes. yes. Yep. Where she, she bangs out with, Oh, I thought I was just here to keep up appearances. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They we'll talk about this more as, as this movie goes on. They really do on Harriet kind of dirty. Oh, this absolutely. Whole thing. But again, to your point, Chris, the, the evil Batman character that we'll talk about down the road, all he did was say what we were all thinking about her the entire time. Yes. Like, 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 will you shut up, you nattering twit? <laughs> yeah. You ninny. Yeah. I'm more, um, I'm more upset about Alfred than anything with her. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll talk about that. So, again, uh, the thing I talked about originally was one of the sound effects, it was actually Sprang. Okay. Which was uh, Dick Sprang was actually one of the guys who now is credited with co creating Batman along with Bob King. Bob oh. King. Um, I didn't pick up on this when I had to cheat because I was doing, I actually did, I believe it or not, I did research for today, but I guess when they were up on the space station, Robin's logo on his chest inverts in color. Okay. Where it was black on yellow instead of yellow on black or vice versa, which okay. was an old shout out to the old super friends cartoon when they would regularly mix up the colors. Oh, okay. Sure. Have, yep. Yep. Do you so know, that fun, fun fact for you. Do you know who Bob Kane's brother is? Who? Robert Undertaker. Really? They're, yeah. they're related. Yeah, you, a lot of people don't know that. Um, but that that's, is uh that's that's really a, a little fun fact for you. That's good between the Kanye thing and, and Bob Kane. This is this is it, not you know what? It's entertaining and educational today, folks. Yeah, do, do, so so here's what I want you to do, everybody at home. Hit pause and I want you to watch yeah. WrestleMania 14. Yeah, stop listening to this show. Don't listen yep. to it anymore. And I Pause. want you to watch. I, in fact, start from Bad Blood 1997, right? Because if you're going to really do just that, the main event, if you're going to do this, let's let's do this. Um, so we'll give you, I don't know, 17 hours to, you know, sure. download the network, catch up with everything, watch some raw. Yeah, it's WWE cock now. Yeah, we'll but, be here. Yeah, you have to but get. We're, we're, we're going to stay live. So we're just going to sit here for the next yeah, 17 hours. We're just going to sit here. Um, you have to get you have to get Peacock, but it's fun because the Red Rooster is on it. Yeah. So getting back to the topic here, for the first part, anything else jump out at you guys that you enjoyed? I loved I loved that Harriet called them out for potentially being gay, or she thinks that they're gay. It's that just like just just the self awareness, like stuff yeah. like that. Like I think it was like again, I I think it it was intentionally self aware mm-hmm. in a very fun way, which is exact because that show almost always should have been a cartoon and it was. And so I, I don't know, like just the fact that I remember the part where like Batman's like, you know, they were going to cross the street and Batman's like, no, Robin, even at a time like this, we need to think about safety to the crosswalk. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? right. right. And so it's, yeah. it's just it, the, the self-awareness was what I liked the most. I'm uh, the, the only thing that I'm really, I was disappointed in was when they did the like bat repel up the, the side of the building. One of the yeah. gags in the show yes. was that they would have celebrities at the time make a cameo. Right. So like, you know, I'm trying to think of like Ethel Merman would like pop out of a window and be like, Oh, Batman, thanks for saving the city. And then like close the window and right. like, I think Gilligan's Island did one like heroes did one. Anybody who's everybody was like, was in a window and I would have loved to have seen them do that, um, which would have been pretty fun, but uh, sadly it was not meant to be. And I agree with you on that. I I kept waiting for it, whether they were in Gotham or even when they kind of did it up on the space station. Yeah. I I was like, Oh, are they going to do it? And uh, again, we, we don't really talk about this, but I'm sure you guys both know that like in that sixties TV show, when it was red hot the first two seasons, like you're talking A-list celebrities were fighting to be villains on that show. Right. And from what I've read is the, the really good people with good agents and all that stuff and who were A-listers, they got on. If you couldn't get on in that way, your next thing was you want to do one of the window cameos. You right. want to pop out of a window to at least be part of, of this massive, massive phenomenon. Oh, <laughs> the other thing, I, I couldn't decide if I loved it or I hated it, but kind of when we get to the turn of the match of the Jesus, the turn of the, of the show, 
turn of the match, geez. Sorry, sometimes that old brain kicks in. Um, is when Batman and Robin were captured and tied to the giant TV dinner. <laughs> yes. I and wanted it to break so bad and be like, tune in next time for the same bat time, same bat channel. That would have been amazing. And then literally just have a blank screen for 23 and a half hours, much yeah. like our listeners are doing today. Which the, again, if you haven't watched bad blood or WrestleMania 14 pause, right? Right. Pause now, pause now. But the fact that Batman deduced, that the lemon custard had a high acidic count. Oh, yes. And he used that to dissolve his bonds. When there was what, batnip? Wasn't that part of it too? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They pretty much, they, they went to, they went to the well on every bat whatever they could. Yeah. Uh, throughout the, but now here comes the twist, gentlemen. Uh, in the course of stopping these, these four nefarious villains, Catwoman uses some kind of a little, uh, her makeup aphrodisiacs yes and sprays it in batman's face fortunately it had no effect on him right or did it Ooh, and that's kind of the fun thing that kind of happens where batman just kind of becomes a little bit more like what we recognize the character to be yeah which which was very interesting at first and i was like oh you notice him being a lot more serious. He still has the same tone, but he's a little bit more of a dick, which I think is fun. Yep. And that's that's when we learned that that maybe something's up with Batman. And then Kristen, did were you the one who talked about Alfred? Yeah, they kicked Alfred out. I mean, what do you I, I love Alfred? I just uh, Alfred is a vital cog in this machine. I feel like he was done dirty. And again, my favorite part of this was so he fires Alfred. Yeah. Who clearly, as we find out later in the episode, had no backup plan in life. No. Apparently, the only two options in Gotham are you're either a millionaire's butler or you're homeless. (laughs) Quote, get out and go join Alfred on Skid Row. You know, it doesn't have a lot of like value to be a billionaire's butler. In fact, some would say it's only a penny's worth. <laughs> Speak, speaking of puns, speaking of puns, do you, do you know which one legit had me laughing? Which, which one? When the villains escape and they drop the balloon on Batman and Robin with a piece of aluminum foil on it. Yeah. And Batman says, No, we've been foiled. <laughs> we've been I was done. But that's done. so that's so 1960s. You know what I mean? Because it was so preposterous. Like if you go back and watch that, I haven't seen that movie in years. But like, so the movie is so ludicrous that things oh. like stick with me forever. Like one of the riddles, like the riddlers' yes. riddles yes. are yes. absurd. Like one of the riddles was what is yellow and dangerous, and the answer was a canary with a machine gun. And it's yeah. like that was the answer to the riddle what is yellow and dangerous and And, the end yeah it's the conviction too and the other one and the other one was what is like what writing instrument like something about another yellow thing and it was like a yellow instrument and the answer to the riddle was a ballpoint banana that was the answer to the riddle you know what i mean and it's like that is like it's not even clever you know what I mean? And so, like, I again, if you're going to do this and bring in Adam West again and everything, like, it had to be this brutally self-aware. I'm not sure of the age of our listeners on this podcast, but I highly suggest that if you're over the age of 21, you want to have a few before and during watching this because it'll help. Or if you're in a state where other recreational activities are legal, I don't think that would hurt watching this either. Oh, yeah, definitely don't watch it sober. Right. So now what we find out is that Batman, no, uh, Catwoman's powder stuff, the aphrodisiac did have an effect on him, and it's slowly turning him evil. Um, Really, like I said, and like we've all kind of mentioned, really, Batman just kind of becomes any one of us put in that universe where all these people just kind of become really annoying to him. And he basically just starts calling people out on their crap. Yeah. So he, he fires Alfred. He insults poor Aunt Harriet again. Yeah. I mean, kind of berates the poor old broad. Yeah, he, she took it on the chin. He, he did. He he kicks out uh, Richard Grayson as well, 
who also somehow uh, somehow Dick got an apartment in Skid Row. Why, you won't, why won't you call him Dick? Why won't you call him Dick Grayson? Well, because I don't know. Is, is that doesn't that get you banned on Facebook these days? Who's to say? Who knows? I'll I'll text Elon and ask if I can ask if I can use the name Dick. So so he he kicks Dick out, and again. Yeah, well, when you phrase it like kicks dick, of course you're going to get banned. Oh, God. So now we we get a scene in Dick's apartment where what's he doing? Ballet. Ballet. He's still doing ballet. He's he's committed to his craft. Yeah, that's also the fun thing where it's like, dude, you're not uh, you don't live with a billionaire anymore. You think you can afford ballet lessons? Well, it's also funny because the animation style is very similar to the ambiguously gay duo from Saturday Night Live. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Chris. I couldn't remember what I would compare it to. And you just nailed it. That's that was the end between the animation style and like the, you know, the subtlety, but not so subtlety that that's what I was thinking they were going for. Right. So Batman starts his heel turn. Uh, first, he kind of basically calls out Commissioner Gordon and Chief O'Hara for being kind of useless, which he's not wrong. Yeah. Right? The man's not wrong. So what does he do is possibly my favorite scene. He fires them because clearly Batman has that kind of political power. Yeah. Well, he's it, right? it's funny because he goes through and like uses how like a citizen can get rid of somebody. Right. Because he's following the law. Right. But basically, he, he zaps himself with the replicator ray, and he decides that the two new spare Batman are going to take the place of Commissioner and Chief O'Hara. But my favorite part is, not only does he fire them, then he says, so remove your uniforms. Yeah, they just strip. <laughs> they strip. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the worst fraternity hazing in history. Yep. I mean, I think that that was definitely like uh, what they were going for here. It's like... Bruce and Dick have a weird relationship. Am I right? And you know, it kind of is, you know, it's it like, I thought the least weird version of them was Batman forever. Cause it's just like, look, this kid's like, I don't know, somewhere between 16 and 22 and just sort of needs like a place to live more so than it's like, I don't know. Here's this 12 year old. Do you want him? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You seem like you seem like the most imp- responsible person in this city. You're or the maybe... richest man in town. You can afford his clothes, so that's all it takes. He's yours. He's yours. And, and if you lose this one, don't worry. You get two or three more down the road. It doesn't matter. We'll you know we'll, we'll replace them absolutely yeah. free. By the yeah. time you get to your actual kid, you'll have enough practice that you won't kill that one. That's right. So yeah, <laughs> Dick, uh, Dick said he wanted to be named after a small bird, and uh, Batman just insisted he be the swallow. But <laughs> we went, we went with Robin. Uh, so the, he replaces uh, Commissioner Gordon and, and Chief O'Hara. It's, it's, a, it's a small bird, you see. The, like, I, like I, the, I saw uh, what you did there. I just ignored yeah, it. I ignored they, go, it. They, go, they go. They go to Capistrano. <laughs> so uh, so he replaces. <laughs> Uh, Gordon and Chief O'Hara. My favorite yep. part of that scene was uh, the Batman put on like random pieces of their uniforms, and the one who replaces Chief O'Hara just looks dead on camera and goes, Bagora. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, he's our Irish chief now. Uh, then he goes on to replace uh, the mayor, a judge, a judge, a baker, because clearly making cupcakes and bread is part science and part art right yes and he was not artful enough so and now the foolishness continues where they do a scene of of gotham and basically random people are now walking the streets as batman like there's a batman pushing a baby carriage yes a batman selling newspapers and this is where i start to get a little confused on the plan but then i decided it's late i'm drunk don't overthink this titmouse is another small bird (laughs) a titmouse is another small bird Thank you. Thank you, Chris. You're an expert in ornithology. Yep. So now we just. Dis- Batman seems like an expert in ornithology. Am I yeah, right? they're all there. He's, he's an orny guy. So now we know that evil Batman has to be stopped. Well, lo and behold, who should team up? But Robin and Catwoman, that they're going to put an end to this. Wow. Unlikely friends. And the way they decide they're going to do it, their master plan is they're going to break a bunch of villains out of Gotham prison. Yes. With a very well thought out Scooby-Doo like plan where they impersonate some prison inspectors. 
<laughs> yes, because they they waltz right in there like they own the place, which is always fun. And yeah. because they're like, we're here to inspect the prison. And the warden's just like, I didn't know about this. And they're like, don't worry about it. And he's like, okay, I won't. Okay. So my favorite part of this whole little piece of them, the villains escape, and then they go battle all the, the Batman is you got to see a lot of little cameos of a lot of those yeah. funky 60s villains. I mean, you saw like King Tut was in there, Louis the Lilac. Um, who else did we see in that scene? Uh, there was, um, I, I want to say Robin Hood, but yep. I, yep. I, there was, there the was so Piper, many. there was shame. Yeah, there were so many. And it was great. It was great. Even Mr. Freeze, the weird yep. looking one. Uh, very fun. I, I really enjoyed it um, because I liked being able to pick out all those stupid kind of weird villains. Cause like, obviously the ones that have more stood the test of time were right. the main ones. Uh, right. But it was nice to, cause like King Tut is one of my favorite ones. Oh yeah. Yep. King Tut, like I said, Louis, the lilac shame. Um, Do you know the con condiment man is a Batman villain? Like that's an actual one. Like yes. they, got, they got that hokey. I remember that one. There was also like crazy quilt was another one. Yeah, calendar, calendar man, calendar man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now Zaz, basically, it's really funny. Zaz was in the 1960s uh Batman, uh, which I thought was hilarious knowing what amazing. I like, knowing that that was not the first introduction to that character that I found right. later becoming a Utah basketball team. Yes, so now we go to the big battle scene. Uh, it happened at this. TV series that we didn't mention before, but regardless, villains versus all the Batmen. Well, the Batmen come out victorious. All the Batmen, they team up, they beat all the villains. Batman, I'm going to call Batman Prime. He's there. He's the ringleader. He's leading the show. And all looks lost for our two new heroes, Catwoman and... Wait, did I leave out a scene? I left out a scene. I'm sorry, the battle in the Batcave. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a scene where Catwoman and Rob... Oh! So, rewind. Catwoman and Robin, they go to the Batcave. And we all know the rules that if you're going to bring somebody to the Batcave, what do you have to do? Got to knock him out. Got to knock him out. Got to knock him out. How awesome was Catwoman calling out Robin on being a creep when he knocks her out? Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a creep. I, I liked I liked the portrayal of Catwoman a lot. And I liked like the scene. Like, my favorite Catwoman scene was definitely like near the end when she was getting caught. Um, and he's just like, don't worry about it. It'll all work out. You think he's going to say something comforting? He's like, you might only do like 15 years. Yes. <laughs> just yes. like, no, is that all? So, so basically, Catwoman says to Robin, you know, when I'm asleep, don't touch me. And then he knocks her out. And then they do a scene where you see Robin looking her up and down, considering it. I'm like, okay, he's, he's a creep. Yeah. Um, that leads us to the big battle in the Batcave between Batman and Robin. Where Chris, I, I would think this had to have been one of your favorite scenes because everything they pull out of their utility belts, they have a battle of the utility belts with every bat gadget you can imagine. Well, that's the best part of like that era of Batman is like the gadget, like what are the uh the Batsuka? Right. Well, yeah. that, it's it's stuff like that where it's just like anything and everything is like on the table, and that's why it really is so fitting that like the Adam West, Burt Ward 60s version, it's like this is a cartoon because this should play out like a cartoon and it needs like the, you know, lack of reality parameters that a cartoon can provide. And so like, yeah, I liked the whole movie for its silliness, but stuff like that specifically is like why I think this is worth the watch because yeah. it's not just silly. It's like sincerely funny. Yes. We get to the finish where Batman and is about to kill Everybody. Robin and Catwoman, but, oh, but no. who's, who saves the day? Alfred. That's right. Alfred Penny. That's why I'm telling you, Alfred Pennyworth is a vital cog in this machine, and he doesn't get enough credit, and you know, he's had to be all homeless there for a while, yeah. and he still is the hero. Because yeah. Alfred, and, Alfred and Batman had a deal, and they he said, if I ever fire you, it's because I've been mind-controlled, mm -hmm. and you have to go build the anti-anti-antidote <laughs> yeah. to help me. Yeah. Right? 
Because that's the thing is, is that he was um, they were trying to get him to ingest the antidote. Catwoman had the antidote right. for the things she gave him. And he was like, I knew that you were going to do that. So I made the anti antidote antidote. And so they just tried to one up each other yep. in the most absurd way possible. I like that this Batman is far more narcissistic. Because the way that Alfred gets him to ingest the antidote is just showing up being like, Batman, you won an award for being the best host ever. And he was just like, oh, me, of course. But but to Chris's point, you're right. Because if you read anything, that's what Adam West was really like. He was a pompous douche. Yeah. I think that Adam West, and I'm not kidding, was just like the only one back then that was taking this very seriously and not in the sense that they weren't trying to do a good job. But I think like if you're Burt Ward, you read the script and understand what you're watching here. And like Adam West was in the Christian Bale movie in his mind. Right. I mean, if you've ever watched the big bang theory, uh, Adam West did a a cameo on there. Oh yeah. And and his famous line was, "I, I, I never had to say I'm Batman. I showed up. People knew I was Batman. That's pretty funny. Everywhere I went on the TV show mall openings, Julie Newmar's bungalow. Um, so now here was my only problem with the whole movie, gentlemen. As much as I enjoyed all of this, I figure here's where it ends. And yet it continued. Yeah. Now we find out all the duplicate Batman turned to dust, which was a throwback to the Batman movie, right? When they turn all the UN people to powder. Yeah, the molecules were unstable, so it dehydrates them. So now we get yet another fight now between Batman, Robin and Catwoman against Joker, Penguin and Riddler. And where else would you do it on a Zeppelin on a penguin shaped Zeppelin? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the penguins blimp. Right. It was a it was a penguins blimp. So so again, it was fine. And then it did lead to some some great stuff at the end, uh, Chris. But but our heroes emerged victorious over the villains and we get a we get a happy little moment at the end well we got to smooch on catwoman if that's what you mean one of the funniest parts about that is is that she makes the reference did you guys get the reference no no so catwoman says to yes. before she leaves she says to batman come with me and we can sip espresso at a cafe in france Oh, get out of! Oh, okay. And then, and then Robin's did, response did, yeah. was, "He goes, holy, terrible endings, Batman." <laughs> yeah. No. Can I tell you just really quick side note? I yeah. despise the Dark Knight Rises. Like, oh, it's I, bad. Like, it's awful. I like it's it's all it's one of those movies where it's just like, what would you do differently? Um, I would take the script and put it in a shredder and start from the very very beginning. It's not I, even like I would change this and this. It's again, my notes on this are this. The entire first movie is two hours showing me why Batman is a ninja. The second movie is two hours of showing me that Batman has the best technology in the world. And I want the third movie to be the ninja computer genius to do all the Batman stuff. And he's barely in the movie at all. And it's just infuriating. The other problem that I have with it is you tried to tell the story of Nightfall without like four key pieces. It's, It's impossible to tell that good story without those pieces well it's also like do you know how frustrating it is on two fronts one the dark knight is amazing and it ends with him being a fugitive of the law itself right so you think the third movie is going to be like it's batman versus the world even the cops are going to be going after this guy and instead the third movie starts with him all old and beat up and whatever cool stuff happened after the dark night happened way off screen. And now we're cutting to the Batman's not sure he can still do this anymore part. And it's my, like, my are biggest, you kidding me? My biggest problem is Chris. And you, I thought you were going to go with it too, is in that movie. And while we're off topic, but who cares is the whole tenant of that movie is Batman hasn't been seen. I think they say like eight years or something like that. It was from that night. Right. But, but the whole thing is Batman quit because he was sad. His girlfriend died. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the right. core thing of that universe is Batman, right? No, no. Batman doesn't quit ever, ever. Right. right. He might quit being Bruce Wayne. He might go in that direction. 
but he would never quit being Batman as long as there was still one pickpocket left in the city. Well, even take this movie that we watched into account, this movie, the reason why he becomes a villain is because he's like, I'm Batman and I can make this city safer by having a million of me. Right. Yeah. That's Batman's mentality. Not my girlfriend died. I'm sad for eight years. Yeah. Right, like in, in there, in there has to be some sort, in my opinion, anyway, there has to be some sort of element of like something else went down because it's not just Bruce being sad. He's like hobbled with a cane in the opening right. scenes of the movie beat it's, up. Yeah, I always the, assumed that he had been doing Batman stuff for years and was at the <laughs> end of his rope. And maybe no, it's not. worse. I'm wondering why he's still so beat up. He drove it, away on the motorcycle. Fine. It's worse than that, because that's exactly what they're saying is, is that the end of the Dark Knight was the last night he was Batman. And that fall that he took, like, busted his knee. Like, For eight years? For yeah. Eight years. yeah. That's, yeah. Ter- that's worse. Yeah, it, it is it, worse. It, 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 it's, just, it's just worse. And like I said, I just, all I wanted was the culmination of the movies you already made. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know whether Ra's al Ghul is going to come back. I don't know what, I don't even mind you using Bane. But like just the movie, there's just there's no Batman in it. There's just there's yeah. no Batman in it. There's one fight and he loses. Yes. So so back on topic, guys, wrapping up uh, uh, Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders. The last thing we have to do uh, is you have to rate it on scale of and don't. This is this is not my thing. I got I'm contractually obligated to do this part. Uh, you must rate it on a scale of zero to four spectros. What's a spectro? I shut up. I don't know. It's a it's it's the guy who holds the copyright's name. Uh, how many, so how many blue footed boobies is a spectro? Because right. like a blue a blue footed booby is and a and do I need a spectrometer to read it? Right. Again, okay. blue footed so, blue footed blue footed booby is a bird. You can look that. Up. Okay. I need you to rate this on a scale of we'll rate this on a scale of sexually suggestive bird names. How's that? Okay. okay. Um, so, uh, where would you rate rate uh, rate it on a scale of uh, zero to four? Uh, zero being uh, the blue footed booby. Uh, four clearly being a, being a, ga- a ga- game cock. A game cock. There we go. Yeah. Where, where do you rate it? Oh, definitely. Uh, I would have to say a Norwegian game cock. Okay. A Norwegian game cock. I would give it, uh, yeah, I would say a a deep-throated swallow. Okay. Yeah, maybe Um, maybe a fluffy back titty bladder. I I was going to go with an Arctic turn, but what, (laughs) anyone know what noise an Arctic turn makes? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I knew one person would get that. So, uh, well, hey, I got to be honest. If this doesn't get us downloads, if this (laughs) doesn't triple uh, Matt's rating, I don't know what will. you know, the only thing I'm noticing, guys, is I know we know each other from past podcast life. We've actually run a little short on time. Um, so I got to fill a little bit more time. So as a special surprise just for you guys, I have a For the Pops pop quiz. So here we go. Back when I was on the NAI pod network, I had a show called For the Pops with Scotty Slade, who won't return my phone calls. Um, And we used to do a For the Pops pop quiz at the end of every episode. This is where I quiz our guests on some of the hottest topics here in pop culture. Guys, the only thing I do ask is please don't cheat. Don't be an RJ DeLuise. Don't do that because this is all for fun and no money. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you uh, five questions, and we'll keep score, and we'll just see how this goes. Uh, starting with question number one. Uh, every time uh, we do a For the Pops Pop quiz, I call my no longer, well, I guess she's still a teenager, she's 19, but now my college-age daughter, I gave her a call and said, hey, I need to know, what's some cool term? What's some slang? What's one of the, uh, what's one of the words all you hip kids are using these days uh, up at Pepperdine? Uh, and she said, send me money. I said, no, that, that's not a hip thing. That's just what you say to me every time I call. But Nikki said to me, here's our phrase of the day, swoop. There it is. Swoop. There it is. So I'll let you both uh, take a minute, and then we'll go in order. We'll kind of go back and forth in case anybody tries to cheat. What, um, what do you swoop? think swoop means? I'm okay. going to take a guess and say, Chris. like, taking someone's girlfriend. Like, you swoop in 
and take someone's girlfriend from them. Yeah, I'm going to say something very similar, but it's like when you steal like somebody's French fry off their plate. Oh, all right. Both involving theft. Uh, No, swoop means to be picked up in a car. So, uh, hey, Ed, we're going to go. We're going to go watch Bad Blood at Chris's house. Um, Swoop. Can you swoop me on the way? Sure, sure. So our score is zero to zero. Question number two. Just this week, what musical megastar set a billboard record by filling all top 10 spots with their songs on the Billboard Hot 100? Wait, uh, all all I'm, 10 all 10 top 10 songs were from one artist are from one artist this week. I'm going to yeah. have to I'm going to have to go with Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift? Um yeah, that uh, Yeah. I will say it's Beatles. No, you you guys are both correct. I'm going to give you both a point for Taylor Swift. Yeah, it was Taylor Swift. I guess she released her. She did this new album drop last week called Midnight. Yeah. And she has that's all unbelie- top 10 songs. That's unbelievable. That's like yeah. Elvis stuff. First yeah. time in history. Um, oh, and I wow. actually, I joined the uh, pre-ticket sale wait list today uh, to get tickets because she also announced a her tour. first international tour. I believe since like 2016. Wow, good for her. You want to know what's crazy about time? We're closer to the year 2028 than we are to the year 2016. Oh, that's fun. Thanks for that. And I'm dying soon too. So thanks for that, Chris. Oh, you're welcome. Question number three. Liam Hemsworth is taking over the lead role on TV's The Witcher, replacing what departing actor? I know this. I do too. It's Superman. It's Superman. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Henry Cavill, if I Henry have to Cavill, say. Henry Cavill, that's correct. This is a hotly contested for the pops pop quiz. <laughs> we are tied it to a piece with question number four. A trailer was just released today announcing a sequel coming out this November to what longtime Christmas movie favorite? I will actually accept two answers for this one. Oh, a Christmas movie favorite? Look, I can tell you that one of the ones that I hate uh, of all time, because it's probably going to come out soon, is uh, planes, trains, and automobiles? I absolutely despise that movie. Wow. Okay. Is that your answer? You just oh no. I, so I are there? There's. So you're saying there's two that are coming out this year? Two sequels to, to Christmas classics? Is what you're the, saying? Yep. One trailer literally, literally dropped today, the day we're speaking. But there is another one that if you answered, I'd give you. I'd give you credit for it. Hmm. I don't think they're making another Home Alone. I don't yeah. think they're making another. I don't think Chevy Chase is going to get worked again, so I don't think they're going to make another great Christmas like National Lampoon thing with him. So what do you think they're making a sequel to? I will... I get two guesses at a Christmas class. I will say... Um, I Because it's irritatingly popular, I will say um, a Christmas story just so they can play something else during that 24-hour marathon. Yeah. And we can guess, break it up 12 and 12. My guess would be A Christmas Story and Elf. Ooh, Elf? Chris, you want to throw out a second guess? Uh, up to two points. Okay. Uh, Christmas classics. Um, I would really love them to make Jingle all the way, too, but I don't see it happening. Oh, um, Phil Hartman's dead. Scotty Slade's favorite Christmas movie, speaking of For the Pops. Oh, God, that doesn't help. I will say... Uh, I think he no, made no. Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way was, yeah. Oh, oh okay. Uh, I will say uh, A Christmas Story and The Grinch. Okay. You're both right with A Christmas Story. We're going to have to fight another day about how you can possibly hate the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Just, yeah. It's not. It's just, it's okay. It's not, um, 20, it's my, not 24 you hours. You, you know what I hope? Hours. Is it Gremlins? Can it be no. a sequel to Gremlins? Oh. So there's a, a Christmas story. Yeah, they're doing it uh, with Peter Billingsley is Ralphie again, where he goes back home. Uh, and I will say, I love a Christmas story. It's probably my favorite Christmas movie of all time. I watched the trailer today. It didn't look awful. Okay. Which I'll go with that. Uh, the other one is they're doing a sequel to the Santa Claus again. With uh, Tim Allen. Oh, yeah. With Tim Allen? Yeah, I yeah. knew that. So that uh, was the other one. That was the one I would have accepted as well if one of you'd come up. Just knowing you guys are more Disney fans, so you know which one I like is uh, the like the Christmas Chronicles. I think that uh, with, Kurt, um, Russell, Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell, Russell yes, and Goldie Hawn, amazing yep. as Mister and Mrs. Claus. The other one that wasn't bad that was recent was with um, uh, Pitch Perfect. Anna Kendrick, I think it was Noel. 
Yeah. The that daughter. was kind of cute, too. Yeah. You know what stunk? Cute. The Polar Express. Those kids looked weird. Oh, the they dead did. eyes. They had dead eyes. The man. uncanny valley. Yeah. Well, here we are. We're on our last question here on the For the Pops Pop Quiz. Uh, Ed and Chris, you are as both tied with three apiece. So what we do is we go to a tiebreaker. We watched Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders, and we talked about um, a little bit. We touched on Tim Burton and his version of Batman in 1989. So besides 1989's Batman, how this is going to work is we have a whole list. I'm going to go back and forth. You'll each get a point for every right answer. Wrong answers don't count against you. And we'll go until either one of you has three wrong we get them all, or I get sick and tired of playing the stupid game. Sure. Aww. I'd bet on the third one happening. So here's our category for tonight. Besides 1989's Batman, name movies and features that have been directed by Tim Burton. We just go back and so we just go back and forth. Is that we go it? back and forth? Okay. So Ed, because you picked this movie for us to watch and we all agreed we liked it. Yep. I'm gonna let you go first. So besides 1989's Batman. Movies directed by Tim Burton. Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands is correct. Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow is correct. Corpse Bride. Corpse Bride is correct. Uh, the Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd is correct. Frankenweenie. Frankenweenie is correct. Batman Returns. Batman Returns is correct. <laughs> Damn it. When <laughs> um, this is always where the For the Pops pop quiz dies because there's nothing better than dead air. But I know this, this gives you all a chance. Yeah, the problem to watch is Bad Blood. I mean, <laughs> Bad Blood. Right, right now they're yeah. probably up to the up to the you know Al Al Snow. Also, no big boss man match right oh, now. Oh, Beetlejuice. I'm sorry, what was that? Beetlejuice? I'm sorry, what'd you say? Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, <laughs> Beetlejuice. See, see what you just did there? I got to say it three times in a row. That is correct. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You are correct. Um. So many more. I know. Um, what was it? Through the Looking Glass? Was that it? it Alice Through the Looking Glass is correct, which okay. I think you've probably just given Chris the next one. Oh. Uh, um, Alice in Wonderland. That is correct. Wow, you guys are, are tied and eat a piece. And I don't know how you mentioned the sequel. Because I, <laughs> I would not have got the sequel. <laughs> sure. Um, did he do? I will say there, there are a couple of big ones you guys I, are still missing. Well, because I, I know that one of them I'm going to say the wrong one. Uh, is it just Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Yeah, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, yeah. Okay. Because he, yeah. Um, that was the last one I knew was Peely. Um, oh, I'm just trying to think of anything with Helena Bon Helena Bonham Carter. Carter. That's not a bad plan. <laughs> like literally, like I'm trying to think of anything with Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter and uh, Carter in it. And there are at least, I think, at least two that fit that category still left. Uh, Tim Burton. Chris, we need an answer. I'm going to say one that I don't think is right because I think he produced it, but I'll say it anyway. Um, Mars Attacks. Yeah, I thought that's that was my oh. thought. I thought he produced it. Mars Attacks is correct, Chris. Oh, get well. out of town. I thought we had a I was I don't want to spoil it, but there's another famous one that he produced and not directed. And I thought that. Was yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the one it's it, because this is not the answer. And I know we both know that now. And it's uh, he just produced the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. He like has like a story credit. It's not right. Um, right. Now, it's your turn. You guys are still tied. You guys are deadlocked. I feel like whoever gets the next one is going to win, too. Oh, oh, I remember. He did the remake of the Planet of the Apes with Marky Mark. He did do a remake of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, Chris, God. You, need, you need one to tie it. Johnny Depp movies. 
Oh! There's so many that I, I want to think of, like, that he produced but not directed. Um, like, did he... Uh, uh, did he direct... Uh, did he direct James and the Giant Peach? Did he direct James Ooh. and the Giant Peach? I think so. He did not direct James the Giant no! Peach. He produced it. Oh, oh. boo. Oh. So, Ed... I have big news for you. Yes. In the return match, after a long hiatus, you are the champion of the For the Pops pop quiz. This must be. That's great. It's like being uh, Booker T at the end of Nitro's run. I'm going to talk to you. He he was associated with that movie, though, right? Yeah. I think he produced it. Yeah, he produced it. I'm going to talk to Chestnut, the butler, not the horse. Okay. Um. And have him dust off one of the old for the pops trophies, and I'll send it off to you. Okay, great. Can I get? Uh, can I get both? Right. I would love the picture of wrestlers and models. I will. <laughs> All right. I, I, forgot. I forgot. I will try to track them down for you. I will send you an autograph eight by ten of oh. Jamie Jamikowski. Um, let's see. What did you guys miss? Ed Wood was one you oh, missed. Oh, yeah. Uh, Johnny that's a Depp. Good one. You missed one. It's actually one of like my top five favorite movies. The only problem is it makes me cry every time. Is Big Fish? Oh uh, yeah. He didn't direct Gilbert Grape, right? I no, no, okay. he did not. Okay. Uh, do, 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 do. Let's see. We got we got trying the Corpse Bride, Sweeney Todd. We got mm-hmm. uh, Dark Shadows. Uh, that's the Johnny Depp vampire one, right? That was Johnny Depp, Hannibal Bottom Carter. You were so close, yeah. Chris. Yeah, but um, had, I, they had to be in it. I actually watched that on a plane once, and it was so bad I wanted to walk off halfway through. It was awful. <laughs> you it was just terrible. wanted to hit the emergency exit and get yeah. out of there. Yeah, no, just walk out, just just right over Cleveland. Um, <laughs> big eyes, big eyes. I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know That's about, about that that artist uh, who makes those pictures of the creepy kids with the giant eyes. Oh, I want to say it was Nicole Kidman. Somebody else. Yep, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Oh, I definitely, I definitely wouldn't have got that. Yeah, and no. here's here's the last one. Is that, that I, the one where her picture is ugly, but over the course of the movie, she becomes pretty. Sure. We'll go with that. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, sure. That sounds very Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, and here's what I think that will probably upset you guys uh, that you didn't get in hindsight. He did the live action Dumbo. Oh, oh. yeah. I didn't actually yeah. see that. Dumbo makes me sad. I didn't see Dumbo's it. Dumbo's so sad. That's the other movie that makes me cry is the original animated Dumbo. Um, yeah. I have a very sad story like- about that. I don't like watching the old Dumbo or the old Pinocchio because the scene where all the kids turn into donkeys freaks me out. Yeah. yeah. I was uh, also terrified of Mars attacks as a kid. I like that. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so that's it. Congratulations, Ed, uh, on your win on the, for the pops pop quiz here on the Matt Spectro through the multiverse podcast. I want to thank both of you guys for joining us tonight. As we said, whether it's a titmouse or a booby, uh, we all recommend that you check out this Batman. movie. We all <laughs> recommend that you check out Batman Return. The, the rhyme Game. was right there, Jamie. Yeah, no, though, you got to go with the rhyme. <laughs> God, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> anyway, um, anything you guys want to, anything you guys want to plug? Any social media? Anything you want to throw out there? You can find us uh, on all forms of social media at New Age Insiders at the Eddie McCabe. At Park Hopper's show at Bill Neville 87. Yeah. yeah. We're on YouTube and uh, Twitter, and that's about it. And Shazoo. Shazoo. Yeah, we're trying, we're really pushing Shazoo these days, especially with Twitter's downfall. We look forward uh, when Twitter collapses, finding you all on Shazoo. So, again, I want to thank Matt for letting me guest host tonight. I want to thank Ed and Chris for joining me. And as always, to our producer and editor extraordinaire, thanks for all your hard work. Good luck editing this one, pal. Uh, For Matt Spectrum, I am Jamie Jamikowski, and we will talk to you soon through the multiverse. Excelsior!